When a family member passes away, there's more than grief. There's the lengthy and sometimes confusing process that comes with transferring their assets to their heirs and inheritors. And sadly, many families often simply don't go further than having the best of intentions when it comes to developing a succession plan for their wealth. More often than not, individuals want to pass wealth on to future generations, yet the vast majority of people don't take the time to formalize the process. Today, you'll hear a conversation about navigating the complexities of family wealth between Charlie Lutz, Class of 73, President of Intercontinental Wealth Advisors, LLC, and Lu Song, Class of 2011, who has about four years of experience in serving at a Morgan Stanley wealth management operation. I'm Nathan Cohn, Class of 1995, and this is the Trinity University Learning Together podcast series. Each month, this podcast features faculty, alumni, and other distinguished guests who've established themselves as experts in their fields. It's all part of the university's lifelong learning initiative designed especially for alumni. Throughout today's conversation, you'll pick up some tips that'll help you better understand the process of wealth management and distribution. Wealth is something we spend much of our lives acquiring and protecting for ourselves and our families. And along the way, we develop and refine our values and principles towards it. But establishing and maintaining meaningful conversations about wealth can be so foreign and difficult to navigate that the hard-earned lessons and values do not get shared effectively within families. So let's start with the benefits of family wealth conversations. Charlie. Why do you consider it essential that families prepare for and have these discussions with their children? Thanks, Lou. You know, most families don't take the time to formalize the process of wealth transfer with their children and grandchildren. We've been in business now for 40 years, and we've helped many families navigate this journey. And we found that one of the most common causes for hesitation is that families simply don't know where to start. They're good at creating the wealth, but the idea of having meaningful, even emotional conversations with family members about money is daunting to them. And, and I understand that. So although family wealth conversations are complex, they are incredibly important and they be can become manageable with an organized and well thought out approach to the conversations. You ask why, Lou, we are moving into uh, the most significant period of wealth transfer in American history. It's estimated that baby boomers, my generation, will transfer as much as $68 trillion to subsequent generations over the coming years. A stunning 90% of family wealth is lost by the third generation. And I would suggest the reason that happens, it's not because of bad advice, it's not because of taxation, it's because families simply don't know how to have the conversation and how to share such things as family values, uh, attitudes toward charitable giving, uh, preparation of children and grandchildren to inherit and manage uh, significant amounts of money. It's, uh, it's, it's not hard to do, but it's, I guess I would suggest it's, it seems to be hard to get started for families. Mm -hmm. So how do you talk to children about family wealth? Well, you know, some of the most enduring 
relationships, ironclad bonds are among family members. I think you would agree with that. And every family has values. So it starts, or my suggestion has always been that the discussion began around those values, those shared values, which the children and grandchildren, quite honestly, may not even be able to verbalize or express. But what is important to our family? What what do we believe? What was in, in my case, your your mother's and my minds as we were as we were working hard all these years and, and creating this wealth. Um, and finally, you know, it, I guess in my family, Lou, there's always been the repetition of this um, statement from whom those much has been given, much is expected. So, um, you know, it's about sharing. It's about giving back. So yeah, a business-like setting around the table is, is a good way to start. Developing a mission statement at the outset is an excellent ideas, idea. Establishing policies for handling what almost certainly will come up from time to time, complex situations. And then, uh, you know, educate younger family members, grandchildren in many instances, so that they'll be prepared not only to manage their own finances as adults, but also at some point to take over primary responsibility for the family's wealth. Mm -hmm. Sounds like establishing rules, setting boundaries, and knowing what families meeting should actually entail is key. So can you please describe this process in some detail for us so that we can grasp what the most important things to accomplish in these meetings are? Absolutely, of course. So um, effective family wealth governance is essential to family harmony, particularly so for families that do have resources. So, and there are lots of families like that in the world today, as you, you know as well as I, how much wealth has been created. So yes, rules must be established, uh, boundaries must be set, for managing and, and meeting shared financial goals. Structure needs to be established around how, how and by whom decisions are made, what the process is, how those decisions are discussed and debated. And I feel very strongly that they should be debated. Debated. Everybody should have a voice in these conversations, every family member. Um, and then, you know, protocol and discipline around emotional discussions because these, uh, these discussions can, can get pretty emotional and then they can get heated and, and, you know, we just need to be aware of that going into it. As wealth advisors, we work very closely with families, their accountants, their estate planning attorneys, um, as they establish the necessary plans and um, procedures for managing the, the process of transferring wealth. So we do anticipate conflict and, and it invariably arises from time to time. And then, you know, just life, Events, divorces, remarriages, career choices, interpersonal disagreements, and all strain relationships. So I guess what I'm making the case for, Lou, is the value of having a financial advisor at that table and, and as part of the discussions. And when is the right time to talk to your children about family wealth? And also, would you help us put the term children in perspective? <laughs> that's, what, that's why I chuckled. You know, I, I, children can be in their 70s. So. <laughs> exactly. It's a huge range. It, yeah. it, 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 it absolutely It's from the age of your toddler that you were talking about a minute ago to, to someone in their 70s. So you hope that puts things in perspective. You know, it, it's... Um, 
it, 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 it's, it's, it's a wide spectrum and it's people of, of all ages. Again, having business, been in business for 40 years, we have many second generation and a, a growing number of third generation clients. So we are accustomed to talking with children and grandchildren of our original clients. And um, that's something we relish. We, we really enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. But is it better to discuss finances and wealth with adolescent children, or should these conversations be directed more towards adult children? You know, starting with adolescent children, Lou, I would suggest is is, is always going to be a good idea. Hello, this is Danny Anderson, president of Trinity University. Thank you for listening to the Learning Together podcast series brought to you by Trinity's Office of Alumni Relations and Development and produced here on campus by our friends at KRTU 91.7 FM. We're so glad you tuned in today and we appreciate your continued support of lifelong learning at Trinity University. Welcome back to the Learning Together podcast from Trinity University. I'm Nathan Cohn. Let's return to the conversation between Charlie Lutz and Lou Song. And of course, as you mentioned, partnering with your financial advisor can help facilitate family wealth conversations, but help us understand why this can be beneficial to the process and perhaps share an example that may resonate with our listeners. Well, it's one of the most rewarding aspects of our work. Our job as wealth advisors is to have the opportunity to get to know and ultimately establish new client relationships with children and grandchildren of our existing clients. So Uh, One thing I might mention, my son and I are one of three two-generation family teams in our business. I I think that's kind of unusual. So, uh, But but the point about that is that our clients see our multi-generational approach to to working with them, and and I think that that resonates uh, with them. So, And we just think that that those conversations are a very important part of the work we do as advisors. And it's interesting, Lou, we may get input or receive information from various members of the same family at, at various times, and it's not our place to take sides at all. Rather, our goal is to help make sure the entire family doesn't lose sight of the family values and the mission that truly defines them as, as a family. So an example, it happens frequently, um, especially if, if the creator of the wealth has passed away and we're having, you know, conversations subsequent to, to the passing of, of one or more of the individuals who created the wealth. And so, you know, we may have known uh, the wealth creator longer. I mean, in most instances, many instances we do, for example, than grandchildren. And so it's an opportunity for us to share stories and um, help them understand the younger family members, especially why the wealth creators develop the approach they have to philanthropy and why whatever the the organization or the initiative, we can help explain why that became so important to their uh, parents or, or, or grandparents. And it's it's a it's a privilege. It's um it's not a burden at all. It's it's a privilege. So and, and you know and that happens frequently. Oftentimes the children and grandchildren ask us to make recommendations of, about how philanthropy uh, will be divided or how uh, decisions will be made 
if if that part, for example, of the family plan is not completely in concrete, or if it's evolving, um, we we can we can add context for the for the children and grandchildren to to that very important discussion. And do you find that you know oftentimes when children come into the conversation that their values are very different from the original wealth creator? And how do you bridge that? You know, I don't know. That's a great question, Lou. I don't know if their values are different as much as their priorities, uh, as one would expect, are are different, you know, and the way they think about things is different because of the age difference, Uh, the way they approach decision making may be different. The way they access access resources may be different. So it's it's sort of like a a process of translation for us or or, or interpretation for us. And often it's incumbent upon we financial advisors to encourage the wealth creators to listen and to be open-minded. And yeah, I mean, you know, you know, from your own family, we know from our, our own family that it's not always easy to do that. You know, to be patient enough to listen to children and grandchildren because, you know, we may be involuntarily um, disapproving of, of, of some, some aspect of, of, of their lives. And anyway, it's so that's that's a role we play, Lou, is to encourage the older members of the family to, to, to listen thoughtfully and, and be open minded. Mm-hmm. I guess it bo- goes both ways, huh? It does, it does go both ways. That's a good, that's a very good point. Yes, it does. We may be encouraging the grandchildren to, to uh, be a little bit more open-minded, thoughtful, and listening to their, uh, to their parents and grandparents. You're right. And is there anything else you'd like to share with us about your practice or how how you help facilitate these conversations is there a you know you know these are the typical first conversations and they the style and the um the questions that you you ask amongst the family members are these and then as the different stages of the conversation progress it changes into some a different form sure well you know your questions have been framed around sort of a who, what, why, and when. And, uh, and I appreciate that because that is um, the approach. That, that's the way I think about these things. Um, some families raise the subject with us first. Oftentimes we, we raise the subject, uh, especially so as we get into the estate planning conversations with clients and we begin talking with them about how valuable it will be if they will include their children. And then at some point, if they will include their grandchildren and how the, their thoughts about in preparation for the transfer of wealth will be vastly more rewarding or satisfying for them if, if they have brought family members into, into the conversation. Uh, and then it just naturally evolves. It'd be, most of our clients are successful. Blue, they've worked hard and they've, um, they've saved and they've created some amount of wealth for themselves and um you know and the statistics aren't good you know and there's something like 85 or 90 percent of families or of wealth creators with three million dollars or more in investable assets never talk 
to their heir, to their children and grandchildren about wealth. They just assume that, you know, when the time comes, their children will know what to do or their grandchildren will know what to do. And that just isn't right. I mean, it's not true. So we, we, we initiate these conversations. They develop naturally when we are included in meetings, which we appreciate and, and try to, to be with lawyers and accountants, as I said, and as estate planning conversations are being had. Um, and it's just natural to, to, to talk about um, the value of bringing a broader group, you know, bringing, bringing the family into the discussion. And would you like to share with us a little bit more about your practice? Because it sounds like you guys have quite an extensive team with a lot of different specialists. You're so, you're so nice. To let me give a commercial. Thank you. Uh, yes, we've been in business. This is our 41st year in business. Uh, I guess you would describe us as a uh, boutique wealth management firm. We've got uh, between $1.5 and $2 billion in assets under management. About 650 clients, um, about half of which are international, mostly in Mexico and uh, South America, and then about half are are domestic. And I mean, that's perfect for, you know, a city like San Antonio, right, with such a vibrant bicultural feel to it. Or I mean, that's that's our reality. We're a, we're a wonderfully rich bicultural, by that I mean culturally rich community here, so. And as I said, many of our many of our clients, having been in business this many years, many of our clients are now second generation and third generation. Yeah, that's our that's our business. We love what we do, and we've got all these incredibly bright young people in the firm. You'll have to come visit me at our office sometime, Lou. I'm sure. I think I know exactly where it is. These young people are a lot smarter than I am, and, and I love working with them. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Learning Together podcast. I'm Nathan Cohn. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Trinity University's KRTU radio station for the Office of Alumni Relations and Development. New podcasts will be released on the last Friday of each month. For more information about our Learning Together podcast series or to suggest a topic for a future episode, please email us at alumnipodcast at trinity.edu.